0: This is the Love Spoon Podcast, powered by Love Admin's easy-to-use software that reduces your organisation's admin and increases its income. Find out more at www.loveadmin.com. Okay, hello everyone, welcome to the Love Spoon Podcast, it's me Clive Marquis again and this week we have uh nathan hilton director of swimming at nova centurion so welcome to the podcast yeah thank you for having me uh good to meet you yeah great so today we really want to talk about we're going to delve into a bit of nova and bits that because i know a lot of people will find Nova very interesting um but of course as we always do we'll start with the basics so tell us about you tell us about how you got into swimming tell us about coaching this yeah well yeah
1: like i I kind of say this to people I, i I don't feel that old at the minute, but I think I am getting a little bit older. Like I, so I've been involved in swimming probably now for nearly, I would say, 35 years. So starting as a swimmer, so uh, giving my age, age away a little bit. So I um, started as a swimmer uh, probably when I was about eight or nine. Um, originally, uh, I'm from Lincolnshire. So I started a small town, uh, Boston, which is uh, where Mel Marshall was from as well. So we used to swim together when we were younger um so I swam there with a with a guy called Dave Wilmot so Dave still coaches now he's still about now I think um down south somewhere um and he kind of got me he got my passion for swimming really going I remember Dave really well and was a guy and I don't know if he's still about still remember his name guy called Ken Masson um and he was he was proper old school and he looked like scared stiff of of Ken but like a real good grounding and then when, when Dave left, uh, uh, a guy called Tim Westlake uh, took over. And Tim was, Tim was involved in coaching for, for a good period of time. And, and I, I think probably st- up until about the early 2000s, and he decided to step away from the sport. Um, but in so probably when I was about 12 or 13, um, my family moved to Lincoln. And at that time, uh, Lincoln Pentacle was one of the main um, swimming programs in the country. And I was fortunate enough to swim with a guy called Ian Turner. Um, and Ian was, uh, well, a former Great Britain head coach, um, coached multiple Olympians, Olympic medalists. Um, and I was fortunate enough to swim in a programme um, in my formative years where uh, I think they had out of this small programme, just Lincoln, like we had a, a, an Olympian in, in 1988. I think we had two in, in 92, Simon Wainwright and Paul Palmer. Uh, Paul uh, won an Olympic silver medal in 96 and then we had another two in um, uh, uh, Sydney Uh, Paul was on that team and then a guy that I used to swim with in my age group um, I'm still friends with to this day uh, Mark Spackman, who's the head coach at the the Royal School in Wolverhampton so very fortunate in terms of swimming background to come from a heritage of where performance was just what we did we did we didn't know any different. Like that was just what we did. So, um, so and then when I finished swimming, I, when I was about nineteen or twenty, I started coaching. Uh, I was the assistant coach at Lincoln Vulcans, which was the other um, uh, club in the in the city at that time. So I, I started my coaching career there with a guy called Graham Bassey. Um, and that was a, that was a real good grounding for me with Graham, really good coach in his own right, and kind of spent some time there with Graham. Um, after that, I took up the head coach's position at Cleethorpes, which is a small little town up on the northeast coast. And when I remember vividly walking in there on the first day and we had three regional qualifiers. And then six years later, when I, when I left, we had over over 40 regional qualifiers. Um, and I think we had 12 at Nationals. So that was a real proud moment to be able to to do that. Um, And then from there, I moved on to the Royal School in Wolverhampton from 2008 to 2014, where we had, I think, seven or eight international athletes in five or six years, won European junior med champions, world junior champions. We had two out of there. We had Alice Dearing and Rachel Kelly, both won world juniors, um, both won European juniors as well. Um, And then various other international medalists and international athletes. And then, 2014 moved to Nova, and then been been here ever since. So, a, a long and varied path through swimming, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I can say that. That's quite a. Uh, you've been jumping around a bit there.
1: Yeah, like not too bad. So, like I, I kind of like coaching. Kind of, I, I like I've I've not been anywhere less than kind of, maybe five or six years. I've I've been at Nova now for the last nine years, and it just flown by. So I've been there since 2014, and. I've been there nine years in April, so it's kind of probably longest stint coaching, I suppose, anywhere. So yeah, so
0: I, th- I think yeah. it's not a bad thing though to move around though. It gives you variety, doesn't it? And then you're able to learn. Yeah. To move on and you know.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think yeah, like I think one mistake that that some maybe some younger coaches make is is maybe they jump around a little bit too much. So maybe every couple of years trying to find the swimmer well where my my passion's always been building something and trying to move things on and I, one of the reasons for me leaving the role was that we had a, kind of a squad of 20 or, or 30 swimmers and actually one of my passions is seeing little, little Johnny come in at development squad when they're nine or ten and actually watching them progress all the way through the pathway I don't think there's anything better than being able to see that swimmer come all the way through the pathway and and watching their journey develop and, and you know as an example we had a girl this year that I remember she was one of the first girls that um uh that came in development squad when I started Nova and what she was her first national champion this last summer at 18 years old you know so it's the first time she's won national. yeah absolutely yeah. and that, that kind of stuff means as much to me as all the international medals in the world Because that girl absolutely one hundred percent deserved to to be national champion, and that 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 was one of we we had a great summer internationally and and all that kind of stuff. But even stuff like that at nationals at Great Summer Champs was, yeah, it was great to see stuff like that. You know,
0: I think that's that's as you said that I think that's probably as you said bigger than any of the other ones. It's like yeah, being from top to bottom or bottom to top more is yeah, you know that's no. well, it's quite heartwarming that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the other thing. So you're talking about you've been at Nova now since 2014. Um, yeah. and I, I was I did some back research onto Nova because I I know, I know Nova on the stage, but I always find it a bit more interesting looking into, like a bit more into yeah. it. Yeah. Nova's run by Nottingham ASA, isn't it? The count the county That's it. body, which I think in itself is quite a, a great thing because I I know not many counties. I know down here in Hampshire, we don't. Um, the having some form of county development pathway, county yeah. performance squad is it's quite, uh, there's not many of them, but I think it's a great thing because p- pulling together some of us from all over the county to one place to be able to perform, I think is yeah. one more could you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, we're very, very fortunate. It's probably quite a unique system. And pro- I think, and I might be wrong, somebody will probably correct me, but I think, that kind of model we were probably the first one um and we we've been about since 1973 so it'll be 50 years 50 years this next year um and is that 50 years running
0: under nottingham asa as well
1: no so i'll talk you through that so oh. so if we've been going the, the county swim squad has been in operation for 50 years um i think probably around about 1980 when bill who Bill furnish who's the current yeah. GB head coach. Bill was the, the director of coaching at that point. I think the County Council came on board at that point. So the County Council were involved with, with the County Swim Squad um, from about 1980 to 2012. Um, at that point, um, the, the so I think 1973 started and it was under Notts ASA's banner at that point. County Council got involved in, in you know, round about 1980 and then till about 2012, and then, um, then after that, the, the the county association took it over again. However, we, we, we've we got, uh, obviously, our main base is in Nottingham. And I'm responsible for day-to-day coaching of, of the, the main group in Nottingham. Um, but we also have a, 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 a base up in Mansfield that, that Glenn Smith looks after. And we also have a base over in Newark as well that one of our coaches, Paul Marlow, looks after. Um, and... Um, so the Nottingham and Newark um pathways or, or setups are both uh under Notts ASA's banner. The 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 Mansfield District Council still operate the the um squad up in Mansfield, but Glenn is retiring in January. So from from January 2023, our whole system will be under, under Nottinghamshire ASA's banner. So um and we're really fortunate. Look that we have some tremendous um, base clubs that work with with us um, and they do a tremendous job with the youngsters and then obviously kind of feeding through and into our pathway and um, they do a do a tremendous job so we absolutely wouldn't be able to do anything that we do without those base clubs and without all the volunteers and and kind of people that are involved <coughs> excuse me with developing those young swimmers
0: i think that's 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 really amazing though because having a county not just the county governing body, but also the county as in the other swimming clubs within it, all coming together and thinking more about athlete-centric rather than club-centric. Yeah. It's very. I, I know some clubs now will think, oh, no, you can't be doing that. But it's, you know, like having the athlete first and being able to move them from a club and then being okay to let go of them and move them on to somewhere else. Yeah. It's really key because I do know there's a lot of clubs out there who want to hold on to everything.
1: And yeah. To
0: go and let let the athlete progress further yeah that is really key
1: absolutely yeah and i think um i think it's a really important point and i think it's it's kind of one that um that i would talk to our athletes about so um we're in a pretty fortunate position we're, we're in a city we have a couple of universities um so we have swimmers that, that come in at the top end of the program as well um but we also like so as, as an example look um Freya Colbert swam with us last year, she had an outstanding year, um, won a Commonwealth Games bronze medal, um, won, uh, she was European champion, won the, the mixed 4x2 at Europeans, uh, won the silver medal on the women's 4x2 and, and won a bronze medal on the, the women's 400 IM, so she's done that all under our banner, but look, she's moved on to the National Centre in Loughborough um, this September. And I always think with this stuff is you, you don't go through your whole um, school education with the same teacher. No, yeah. You go from year one to year two and it's not the same teachers go all the way through. It, you progress through and look, people within that will have um, certain skills that, that are uh, applicable at each of those levels. Um, and it's not realistic. I just don't think it's realistic to... Um, expect that that it ju- I just don't think it happens in in elite sport anymore. That it's very rare that you have somebody that takes them all the way through from little kid all the way through to to the Olympic podium. It just it just doesn't work like that. So I think that uh, that you've got to be open minded enough. And, and and me and Frey had a discussion last year, and, and my role in in that is not to say, oh yeah, you need to stop at Nova because we can do the best and we can do that. My role as, as somebody that's there to coach her as yeah. an individual, to coach her and do the best thing for her or any of the other athletes, is to say to them, look, these are the options that you've got. We would love it if you, you stopped here because we think we can do what we can do with you. However, these are the other things that you've got available to you. And what I need you to do is go away, explore those options and see what is the best fit for you. And quite why anyone would want to keep somebody in a swimming programme when they don't want to be there, I absolutely have not got a clue. Because I think it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah.
2: You
1: know? So I think it's best to say, look, you know, uh, you, I, I, my general philosophy on things is you can't be everything to everybody. Yeah. So it's unrealistic to expect that every swimmer that ever walks through your door is going to stop with you until the end of time. So I just think that actually, look, you know, it's fine. If you think that that's a better place for you, absolutely. Go and find out. It's so, that's okay.
0: No, I, I fully agree with you. I know when I've gone through coaches, there's, I, I know quite a few coaches and I'm friends with a lot of the coaches. And it's like, I, I've got some friends who are coaches. And I'm like, like, you as a friend, I think you're a great coach, but I couldn't be coached by you. I, yeah. like, not because you're, I'm friends with you, it's just your the style, what you do in the pool. That wouldn't work for me. Yeah, I'll absolutely. go to someone else, and I'm like, yeah, I can work with them. You know, it's no detriment to that that coach. Like the coach is credible. It's just yep. not going to work for me. And everyone's an yep. individual, is you saying. I think wasn't it John Ruddy who said that coaches, um, athletes shouldn't change for coaches. Coaches should change for athletes, or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah you know, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, absolutely. So, and I think it's a it's a really good it's a really good point that that you've got to. I think that you've got to look at who you've got in front of you at the time. So in terms of, right, well, actually, right, whoever got in front of me and what do I need to do to get the best out of that person? Now, look, there might come a point in time where you actually have to say, actually, look, I, I think that we've probably gone as far as we can go. Mm. And actually it might be an idea for you to go and look and see actually what about swimming here or what about swimming there and and exploring some options around. Um, around environments that might be able to get more out of you than what would get you get you here, you know? Because no. I think, I'm, a, I'm an honest believer, I think you're probably, I, I, I think coach or not coaches, probably people. People's about, forget coaches. I think people, they're like onions. So you have your core belief, yeah, in the middle of yourself, yeah? And I think there's certain things that you can tolerate, yeah, probably on the periphery around your values and your behaviour. So you can tolerate some of those things. You can strip those away. So if, say, as an example, Alex Ferguson, he had Eric Cantona. Yes, there's probably certain things that he could tolerate around Eric because he knew that he would get out of him a a game-changing performance that would lead them to their first league title in 30 years. But I think that comes over time. So 20 years ago, I was a totally different person to who I am now. You know, so there's stuff that I can tolerate now that 20 years ago I wouldn't have been able to. But I think when it's when they start to probably impinge on your core values and your core beliefs, then that's when you start to encounter problems, when you, your values and beliefs don't align. And actually, it might be anybody that knows me, look, I'm, I'm terrible for it, like timekeeping. Like if, Like if I can be bothered to get myself out of bed and be on deck and be there on time, I just expect that of, the, of everybody else, so that's just a, that's just a key thing in our program. That actually, look, you, you, you wouldn't turn up to a job interview late, because if you did, you're probably not getting the job. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's just that that's one of my core beliefs. And if you if you're not actually at some point, we're probably going to come to loggerheads, and that's okay, you know. But that's you know that's that's kind of but so I do think you know, I I, I kind of look at it like that.
2: I think really.
0: I think that's very clear. Like, I think that's just, I mean, your time management, what, if you thought, I think that's just a basic, isn't it? Like, yeah. If you're not yeah. doing that, then it's a bit like 100% attendance. It's, yeah. Like, well, you can't ask for anything ch- else to change if you're not already doing 100%.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I do think we see that a lot now is get the basics right. Turning yeah. up, like, is the bare minimum. So turning up is the bare minimum. That's the absolute minimum you should be doing. Everything else on top, like, then it's right. What's my nutrition like? What's my sleep like? What what's my fa- like? How much time do I spend on my phone? How much pre-pool do I do? How I invested in it? am I in it? You know, what's my gym like? All that, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, so I'm not looking for a shortcut with it. Do the basics really well, and you'll swim fast. Swimming it, swimming in my mind is not a complicated sport. <laughs> it's not complicated whatsoever. Turn up, work hard, do the right things, and at some point you're going to swim fast. Might not be today. Might not be tomorrow. But you will swim fast eventually.
0: No, I, I agree, mate, and I, I think that's a really key point. And I, I think also, you just, last little point you made there is patience. Yeah, I never <laughs> made my first nationals until what two years ago, and then yeah. this year I have made English medal to English, so it's kind of like. Yeah. But I've been swimming for ten something odd years now, so yeah. you know it just takes time to progress.
1: I remember a story like I'm talking way back when I'm talking. I remember I can't remember who told me, but I remember somebody saying about Nick Gillingham, like when he was coming through, he's like bearing in mind. He's a world record, was a world record holder, and an Olympic silver medalist. Um, he was nowhere as an age group, the same as Adrian Morehouse as well. Like he, he was, he was nowhere. But I remember in particular around Nick, he 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 just said he outlasted everybody. <laughs> he just kept going, and everybody else was packing up. And actually, you keep going and keep going actually something good will act- and you turn up and you're working hard other people that you're swimming against you know will act- eventually uh, fall by the wayside and then all of a sudden i've gone from fifth six four seven actually now i'm the best
0: yeah no so. I, I agree with you there i think that's actually going to follow on to one of the questions i had later on about post-grad yeah. swimming and bits like that but we'll, so yeah. we'll definitely come back to that
1: revisit that yeah
0: yeah <laughs> all right right so we, we've been going through about no room bits that but and we've brushed on performance environments a little bit. And we're still kind of going through that now. Uh, but as I said, you've got all these really, really quick swimmers together from all around Nottingham. And um, I, I think it's like, I always think it's important because um, I know when I switched clubs to a sprint program as well. Um, in this sp- so in within the club, there was a sprint group within it. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden surrounding yourself around athletes doing the same event as you swimming in similar speeds or faster than you, faster being pretty optimal at that point you want to be the slowest guy there to a degree um and having that just surrounding of being fast is great for making people faster yeah what else you're doing as long as other people are faster with you you'll get faster anyway
1: yeah yeah i think like so it's this one might be a little bit uh like i agree with the, the the general concept of it having all the best people together however what you've got to be like I think there's what you've got to be very careful of is that you're not like you're not pitching them against themselves all the time. Okay. And what okay. I mean by that is you're right, like you might have kind of two lads that are going six are, like we've got lads, I think we've got three or four lads right now that are going like somewhere between 62 and 64 on the under breast. So they they're good swimmers. One of them's a younger lad, a couple of them are older lads. But they're all pretty similar. The problem with it is, if you pitch them against each other every day, pretty soon there's going to be somebody that's dominant that emerges pretty quickly. And the problem with that is is that that might be okay for the dominant person. However, it might not be so good for the non-dominant people. And what I mean by that is, if they're getting battered every day, they're pretty soon going to be thinking, what am I doing here? Because there's no way I'm going to get past this person. Yeah,
2: yeah, so I think
1: is. You've got it, and I think that's probably more of a thing for the lads. Although I tend not to pit the girls too much against each other either. I like rarely would I put the girls head to head, because they're they're all in at the end of the day they're all individuals, you know. And and what you might have somebody that's really good in a in a racing context, yeah, you they might not be good in a training context, or the the perception is. They, they might not be good in a training context. One of the things that that we use um, regularly is uh, the Polar uh, OH ones or the various r ray monitors. And without those, I just don't think you get a good sense. It's been a game changer. I think it's one of the best things. I'm plugging Polar. I'm on commission right now. <laughs> uh, one of the best inventions for swimming that I've that I've ever come across. Just because I think that. Without them, you, 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 your perception of what that athlete would be doing is, oh, they're not working hard enough. When actually, when you put the hard aim on us on now and you're getting instant feedback around how hard they're working, you, I'm, I'm more often telling people to slow down than I am to speed up.
2: Okay, yeah. That's, that's okay? Neat, yeah. yeah,
1: because because they've worked, like we've touched on it already, they're, they're working too hard on the recovery swimming. So I, I, so I think that Though the environment is, is um, it's good to have all those people, like-minded people together, I think it's the like-mindedness, but you've got to be very careful around kind of how you manage the environment. So the, the, there needs to be a level of challenge that's associated with it. So you're challenging them to be better. So an example this morning, look, the sprinters were doing some, some medley-based swimming this morning. And one of the things was we, we did some fly swimming, and they were doing eight fifties and they had their fins on, they're just off a minute. The eight fifties flight, but I want you to go 15 meters under the water off the start of each each 50. Mm. I didn't think it was that difficult if I'm honest. We pushed off two reps in, and there was people coming up at six and seven meters. So we <laughs> stopped and I said that I was laughing. One of the older girls so one of the older girls, she's like 23, 24. And I said, Kira, it's been a long time since I've had to pull out my locker that everybody's stopping and we're starting again because this isn't good enough, you know, and she just started laughing, because it is, because I, I don't generally, we, we generally wouldn't do that, yeah. but the, 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 the standard that was being set, Tuesday morning, I'm a bit tired, like, just wasn't good enough, so I had to challenge them, look, we can be better than this, so there's an element of challenge, but what comes with that is that there's an element of support as well, so yeah. if, if you read, I've, I've been really fortunate. I did a master's degree with a guy called um, Mustafa Sarkri. He was my supervisor. So my uh, dissertation um, was in resilience. Um, and with fortune, we, we had a paper pu- published on that um, around Olympic medal winning coaches. But one thing I know is if we're going to create a, a, a facilitative environment, Mustafa's done quite a lot of research in this area, that there's a, there's a level of challenge, but there's a level of support. So those, you know, they need to know that look, they 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 need to have the ability to be able to come and talk to you. They need to know that look, you will do whatever you need to do to help that person. Forget the athlete. Yeah. yeah. What do I need to do to help the person? Yeah. And if they if they there's a, the famous saying, they they, I can't remember what it is, but it's something along the lines of, they they, won't care until they know how much how much you care. Yeah. You know and and something along those lines can't remember exactly what it is but look you've got to be that co- coaching isn't just the 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 what session you write or turning up to the session or or it's talking to those individuals working with those individuals and i think our environment is great for bringing like-minded people together but the nuances of of making that work for the individual are, are definitely a lot more difficult than we've got all these people swimming fast together, you know? Yeah. If you're not careful, it can... And maybe when I was younger, it would have been an absolute disaster. However, it becomes much more individual. No, and, and, and look, Freya's just left the programme, but I've worked with her five or six years. I, I probably know her better. as Having worked with her from being 13 years old, I probably know her better than she knows herself. You know, so so yeah, so I think it's getting to know people. The coach athlete relationship, in my mind, is everything. And my assistant coach, Joe, he's actually doing his PhD in in the coach athlete relationship right now. So he's he's doing he's doing a PhD on that on that very subject. And in my mind, forget all the sports science, forget all the we've got physios and S and Cs and all that, the coach athlete relationship. Is the is the one thing that I honestly think can take people as as far as they as far as they want because you spend so much time
0: together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. agree. Yeah, I think that's really key because um, yeah. having that is that as well as buying, but that bond and being able to. Yeah. I, I know sometimes my coach when he was co- coach me, we started on looking at te- taper here, and Taper's is very personal kind of thing. Yeah. And it was like he was able to sit to me and go. I know when taper needed to start. So we kind of said, oh, it's going to be here. But then we kept creeping in a little bit. And some, he was like, well, we're going to give you a little bit less this time because I don't think you actually need it. And of course, in my head, I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like, yeah. it's ready. But then it works magically, if you know what I mean. So yeah. it's having that, being able to understand intuitively yeah. how the people are working and bits like that. You, you can also look at me when I'm on the block and you go, oh, this is going to be an awful swim today. And you can guess <laughs> exactly what time it will be. And you'll be like, I know exactly what you were yeah. thinking. That was rubbish. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing as well is, look, there'll be times when that creates conflict.
2: Yes, yeah. of course.
1: And, that, and people see people see conflict as a bad thing. It, nah. It's fine. Conflict yeah. is just, it's just part of the process. As long as the conflict gets resolved, as long as you're able to it might take a little bit of time, but as long as you're able to say, actually, what was my role in that? And actually I need to say sorry, or I need to go back and revisit the, it, this with them or, or whatever, you know, I, I think that, that that that's healthy as long as it, 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 you're managing it well. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, so, and and when you spend so much time together, it's, it's almost inevitable, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's like family, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I think another thing you say is really interesting talking about, managing uh sort of like managing challenge because you're talking about how works like, in my set of in very basic terms it's like fast people everyone's gonna be fast you know yeah you, you've said of course that you need to manage that kind of challenge which I think is a really important point because I I get that. Um and I think it's it's interesting. So I assume you'll be able to identify those who will be good at being so you can find two people and they're like they they work really together well together. And then maybe you've got this third person who's like, well, oh, maybe he just needs to be, you know, sat at the back of the lane, focusing on his own thing, yeah. Um, for time to come, And I assume you'll be able to identify that within your squad fairly, you know.
1: Yeah, and it might be something as simple as actually, look today, like I don't want you to do breaststroke today. Today I want to do freestyle. Or I want to do medley, or do you know what I mean? Because you can see, like you like, and I've got a couple of people in mind that like I, I'm kind of thinking of that actually, you could see that. One of them's absolutely battering him into submission, and I'm thinking to myself, actually, this isn't good for that other person. We need to kind of get these guys separated out a little bit, and you know, so I think you know, it yeah, it's just don't get me wrong, we 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 swim head to head like Saturday morning this last week, we went head to head, but we're early season, and you know, we're getting a bit getting a bit like more about effort and that kind of stuff, you know, but you've got to manage. Swimming's as much about psychology as it is about physiology, you know. And and kind of if somebody's getting battered day in day out, like it, like and I know me as an individual, think to myself, would I would I want to? If say if I was a breaststroker, would I want to swim with somebody like Petey day in day out? Because I'm telling you now, like yeah, I'm swimming with Adam Petey every day. That's great, but Jesus, how am I ever getting past him?
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
1: yeah. how am I ever getting past him? You know, so it might be the and there's the, the beauty of swimming and, and sport is there's more than one way to get to the top yeah there's, yeah, no, yeah. there's no one size fits all you haven't you, you pete's programs his program it, that works really well for him but that might not work well for james Wilby. it might be something totally different you know and um, but that's okay there's different ways to get there but uh, so uh, you know so i think that yeah i think that's the beauty of it
0: really I think I've got a question for you. You've got some breaststroke lads. Um, yeah. Pretty really quick. And you just talked about Adam Petey and James Wilby there. So, to make a British team in, I think, any of the breaststrokes now, you've got to do, I think it was last year, you've got what be Petey, and, um, and um, Ross Murdoch, right? Yeah. And that was the top four fastest times that year. I think, yep. was it the 100? Yeah. Um, that's pretty demoralizing for anyone else trying to think about trying to make a team like yeah, you've got to well, go like, the top fastest four yeah. to be able to try and it's a bit like you saying getting battered all the time if you were out someone else in that 100 breaststroke final and you're like well i've got to go top four fastest time in the world to make the team that's that's a big ask
1: yeah i think yeah i think it absolutely is but i think certainly for the for the um what you've got to look for is the opportunities mm. and what like so I, and coaches are brilliant at this don't like like the coaches are They'll they'll spot an opportunity and then all of a sudden they've got a swimmer that's there,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. So so uh, and as an example, look if you had to if you had to say right now the hundred breaststroke and the fifty breaststroke are probably a little bit more challenging than the two hundred breaststroke.
0: Yeah. yeah I, if I, I, you had a
1: breaststroke right now, where are you focusing your energies? Yeah. Well, I need I get good at the two hundred because the likelihood of me getting past PT, yeah, I might be able to do it. I might be able to get fifty six or I might be able to get fifty seven. But how many people ever in the world have ever been able to do that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. quite a big ask.
1: right. Ever. Forget, forget just PT. How many people in the world have ever been able to go 57? Well, you you know, or even 58, you know, because you're gonna have to probably go fifty-eight and a half to get past James Wilby. Yeah. So there ain't that many people that have ever been that fast. So, right, okay, well, yes, I've got to have a belief that eventually I can get there. But actually, in the short term, the 200 might be the better opportunity for me, for me yeah, to yeah. break onto an international level. No,
0: yeah? Yeah, I can see that. And there's that opportunity yeah? in there,
1: yeah. Yeah. Or I'm pretty good at the other three strokes. Actually, I'm going to get good at 200 IM.
0: Yeah. yeah? That's a very find
1: early a early way to, 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 right, you know.
0: Yeah, find a way. I think this is the other interesting thing, because then we were talking about the breaststroke right there. But then if you look at 200 freestyle, Though that is a stacked field, I still think that's a very much an open book. Mainly because yeah. British swimming and two hundred freestyle go hand in hand. Like everyone, there's always a new person coming on the block in two hundred free. Yeah. So I just find yeah. that, pretty, yeah, yeah. If I was if I was a tw- like yeah, but
1: that's the that's the thing. So I if I was a two hundred free lad, and I might make a final on the four hundred, but I, I was one of the better guys. Oh, sorry, on a two hundred. I was, I, was, I was maybe top eight or I was top 12, say, on the 200. Would I be thinking come down to the 100? No, because that's pretty tough now. I'd be thinking, actually, not that many people want to swim the 400.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So, actually, I know I've got the speed because I'm good at 200. Actually, I've just got to condition myself to actually be able to swim the 400.
0: Yeah? Oh, I can see that. I, I yeah. still think the biggest open book in an Olympic event um is probably 53. I know you say, oh, Ben Proud's there, Lewis Burroughs is there. But if you the actual standard of a 53 in this country is very low. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, yeah.
0: I still think that's one of the biggest events that everyone could kind of get on board. But then again, yeah. to get to the point of that standard that's still quite low is very targeted, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to dedicate yourself to get to a point which is just average anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like at
1: least just my view on sprinting on that in, in that event in particular i, I do think that like I, I see a lot of people that come down to that probably too too early
2: yeah yeah like
1: right. too young and actually they're doing it off their size they're not doing it off technical term technical proficiency yes yeah I can yeah see. so like you touched on earlier like you, you have massive rate but you've got no efficiency yeah so you, you know you can't streamline properly well look the reality of it is, look, unless you probably go in i'd I'd have to look in my bag because I've got it all in my bag, but unless you can dive fifteen in five seconds or under five seconds, you're probably not going to be that competitive at fifty free yeah, I'd agree, yeah so, no, it's, I yeah, agree. so you know you, so I, you know there's various things that you need to get good at to 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 be good at that event, and I see people trying to get good at that event, and there's probably another 150 people all trying to do the same thing. I'm thinking to myself, why are you doing that? Because there's like 10 people that want to do the 1,500. So where's, like, there's where's reason head that, head though. Head? Yeah, well, there is, but if it provides you a better opportunity to make an international team or be a senior international athlete, well, so, hey, look, it hasn't got to be your best event, you know? Yeah. If it's to provide you with the best opportunity, you know, that's sometimes hard for swimmers to get their head around, I think.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I think it's because you fall in love with an event after a while, don't you? Yeah, and absolutely. Kind of really, like yeah. that becomes your baby and you just want that, don't you? Yeah. No, I think, I think that's quite interesting, that. really interesting. Um, and as we're, we're talking there, it's talk about more like you said you had some like 23, 24 year olds in your squad. And one of the other questions I had here is like you have links with the university and bits of that. And that's something that I know a lot of swimming clubs, if they're in cities and they've got a university nearby, they really should consider looking mm. at it, trying to make links to the universities but how is that so you're helping elder swimmers in itself which is very difficult So i know there's a lot of time when club programs are just age group dominant and once you reach mm. a certain age you need a different style of training at that point yeah and how does that develop how can you develop their swimmers and how does the university develop you as an organization as well
1: yeah so we we've, we've been pretty fortunate so like what when I left the Royal in twenty fourteen, obviously like obviously identified, look, we, we were in a very fortunate position. We had a boarding school, they they did their academics and their and their swimming under one one uh, one roof. Um and that was that was absolutely excellent. However, it, it got like obviously you could take them to 18 and then they'd generally move on to university. So one of the things that when I when I applied for for the job at Nova was actually look, it's a, it's a university city there's two universities we're going to be getting a 50 meter pool in in 2015 actually that would be a really good place to coach and actually we one we might uh have the ability to retain swimmers in the program but also bring swimmers in so when I came in look, one of my main uh focuses was to try and make sure that we develop links with both universities and we and we've got very good links with both universities now and we're, we're very lucky to have those those links and and have both universities supporting the supporting the pathway that we have. I think that um, my own personal, like we kind of touched on already, my own personal opinion around swimmers that get to university ages. I think we have a lot of swimmers in this country for whatever reason. It'll be it'll be individual for each person, but we have a lot of swimmers that give up before they. Can see how good they can get. Uh, okay, um, and I'll give you an example of that. So we've got a girl that, like the girl I was talking about earlier. She came into our program when she was university age, and I think she was going one sixteen for hundred breaststroke and two forty seven for two hundred breaststroke, something ridiculous like that.
2: Yeah.
1: At eight, at eighteen, she was a good swimmer. Like she wasn't amazing. But there was something about her. She was she was pretty decent. She had speed, and that was on those events. That's what I was looking for. I what I, that's in my mind. That's 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 the commodity we're looking for. Don't matter whether you swim fifty or you swim ten k open water. Now the one strand that runs all the way through those events is you're gonna have to be fast. Doesn't yeah. matter what event you're gonna have to swim fast. You know, so she came in at eighteen. She's twenty three. Uh, coming 24 in December, still in the programme, still thinks she can get better. We're still She's working part-time, she's swimming as well. But she's going like, she won nationals for the first time ever in the summer. She went 31.9 for 50 breaststroke and won nationals for the first time ever. Ever, at, at 23 years old, yeah, that's big. She, won, she goes 31.9 for the 50, goes 110 for the 100, goes 231 for the 200. Well, four or five years ago, she went 116 and 247. Well, If she'd given up at 18, well, she would have never been a national champion. And, and no, the, the, nobody will ever be able to take that away from her. She will be a national champion for the rest of her life. And that might be small fry for some people, but in my mind, I was the best in the country on that day and I was able to live my best performance, you know. And, and you know, like I say, if she had given up at uh, uh, 18, would have never have seen that.
0: No, I, I fully agree there. And I personally, believe, I've said this to um, one of the coaches at Plymouth, a um, guy called Chris Lee. Um, and we we'll were talking, He runs the sort of like a youth pro bit section there. And it's like a lot of swimmers will finish when they kind of get to that college age or maybe just before they go to university, she said. Yeah. And to be really honest, the prime of swimming is not until you actually End of university and just after university—that's when yeah. he starts. Because I was like fun and fast, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah and yeah. Then, and I don't know why people wouldn't like. Well, I, I understand that the commitments and stuff, but that's the time when it's—that's when everyone looks up to the swimmers who are fast. But they yeah. think, oh, they are at that specific age. If you know what I mean, yeah. so after about 24 25 is when you're in that period of time where you can get really good. And then yep. after 30 is when it starts to tail off a little yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. And, that, yeah, and that's, that, like, that's, that's, that's always my, like, and I don't know whether it's a swimming thing, because, like, and, uh, the reason I say this, right, so if you look at running, yeah, as an example, as they get older, what do they do?
0: You just come down the distances. No, no, no. no that, the the distance Yeah, so yeah.
1: Runners, so Mo Farah has gone from 5 and 10K to the marathon. You mm-hmm. look at the guys that do 5 and 10K, they'll go up to the marathon. We do it in reverse in swimming, like when actually the research suggests that actually, so you look at a lot of the triathletes, endurance-based athletes, your endurance continues getting better into your early 30s, and then your performance still performances still get better well into your mid-30s, and they, they think that that's linked into psychology. So you, your endurance starts to fade away your endurance capabilities kind of as you come past 30, but people continue still to get better and better. Um, and if you look at males in particular, physicality, sprint-based athletes, they might not be reaching a physical maturity till the mid to mid to late 20s, early 30s.
2: Yeah.
1: And we have a load of swimmers that finish by the time they're 18.
0: <laughs> and at that point, they're nowhere, really. Yeah, like, they're
1: nowhere. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. nowhere. It's just that you've only just started,
0: really. Yeah. 'Cause I, I still feel like if I I know I'm very biased to the fifty three at this point, but like the fifty three doesn't really act you, there's no point in even training for a fifty three until you're like 21, 22 Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. at that point there, like everything before that, well it's not really yeah useful, it's not beneficial, like you yeah, know, I might think as well we, work on the basics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I say to our age group coaches, uh, like the when I when I first came into so, so Tom, our um coach that looks after our development squads when they come into our county pathway they'll come in generally when they're 9 10 11 and they'll do a couple of sessions a week with us um and then they will do the rest of their swim with their base club at that point and then as they come through there they'll come more full-time with us however when i first started tom's been in the program since bill was here and tom's been there since about 2004 and i vividly remember talking to tom when i first came into the program in 2014 and he and he said to me tom's a really intelligent guy." He's 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 highly trained in in other areas. Mm. And he's a really intelligent guy, and we're really fortunate to have him with our younger swimmers. But he said to me, "What um, what do you want from me in terms of the development squad? What what is he looking at?" And I, and I say this to a group coaches all the time: aerobic capacity,
2: yeah,
1: build the engine, yeah. Make sure we're working out with them technically make sure they can kick well, and make sure you're developing their speed. Yeah. If yeah. you hit those four things all the way through your age and youth career, aerobic capacity, technical ability, aerobic uh, kick and speed from kind of 9, 10, all the way up to 16, 17, 18, you'll give yourself a good chance of swimming really fast. Yeah? But yeah. I think specialising, certainly for the life of 50... Fifty-three. You're right. Like as long as long as possible, as long as possible, leave it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree, and I think it's really interesting you said it because um, as yet again we spoke on patience, and I think trying to teach the kids, the swimmers at a younger age, and even as youth ages, like you may not be doing anything now if you know what I mean, but later on, you know, you got to put the work in now for later on, and you'll enjoy reap the rewards later on.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I see it all the time with young kids, like I, I <laughs> the. <they, laughs> The kids in our uh, the kids in our program are, uh, like like they will absolutely hate me for this like in terms of what 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 I would take to them so they'll come back to me and, I, and like I said earlier one of one of my main things is like seeing the swimmers developing and coming through the program so I try and make sure that look you, you know everybody's name through the program you know who the swimmers are you need to know who you who your nine and ten year olds who your next people are going to be but they'll come. They'll come over to me. I, like, normally, we have the process of look when they finish their race. They'll go and see their. Um, uh, they'll go and see their squad coach. Have a chat with them about it. But periodically, then I might be chatting with them, and I might say to them, oh, right, how, how'd you get on at the weekend?" And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I went a PB on my 50 breast, and like, oh I went 35 3 I was like, "All oh, right, that's good. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Well done. You know, um, how many strokes did you take?" And they look, at, they look at me gone out. do like, what's I don't it going Like, Like, well, I don't know. I said, well, look, you need to understand that swimming, there's more than one way to gauge your performance. Mm-hmm. And if we're in a sport like gymnastics, you would get judged on your artistic ability, how it looks. Yeah? yeah, and yeah. swimming is pretty similar to that. If your artistic ability is good, your technical ability is good, At some point, you will swim fast. Yeah, yeah. Might not be straight away, but you will swim fast. So I I think that certainly with the age group swimmers, younger swimmers, stroke count, stroke count, stroke count. Yeah? Yeah,
0: no, I I fully agree. All
1: the time, all the time. Stroke count. Simple. How do you know if you're getting better at technique or not? Count your strokes.
0: Yeah. Simple
1: way. Last week, I was going 20 strokes for 15, now I'm going 18. Well, I've got better.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I, I agree that, and I think um I can't remember one of my old coaches back in the day used to tell me it was you wanted to do what twelve strokes for a twenty five for the free and
2: yeah.
0: free and back and then back, eight for yeah. the fly and uh, breath. Back. And like, yeah. um, now, now I'm actually hitting those. You all of a sudden you're like oh yeah. it's so much easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and that's that, that would be that's classic Sweden, and that classic Bill Sweden, and I think if you look look in his book that would that would be in there. Um, and yeah that's a good marker to work towards is look you might not be there right now and you might not be there till you're 20 however that's what you need to be progressing yourself towards because a lot a lot of the top guys that's what they, they would be doing
0: yeah no definitely i think one of the questions i really want to ask you because i'm a big um i don't know how you put this, spokesman about this is postgraduate swimming because in this yep. country it is awful i would say other words to it but it's a public yeah <laughs> it's awful it doesn't exist um yep. and even university swimming to a degree is a bit there's only a couple of places in the country where you can actually go to progress um yep. which i personally feel is a massive downfall in british swimming and english swimming is yeah you haven't made a team by the age of 18 or 17 then there's nothing yep. considering we've just been talking about right now that it doesn't take until you're 20 or till things start going yep. well so yeah me personally, I feel like it's a bit of a miss. You know, doesn't quite go. So you you have some postgraduate sort of facilities, but as a now now as the spokesman and coach, postgraduate swimming.
1: Yeah, so I think it's interesting. So like I like, um, and I've always thought this. So I, like we we've touched on already. They're probably not going to reach the peak till they're a little bit older. And as the sport becomes more professional, it it'll, it'll be um, that will be more and more. Um, I like the um, system that athletics has, and I know there's. I like. I've been. I know there's some stuff behind the scenes at the minute uh, around. Actually, you've got European Juniors, which is kind of 17, 18 kind of age, but I know there's talk around having like almost a like an under twenty three. Yeah, and they have that in in other sports, athletics, rowing, all that kind of stuff, and I think that'll be a fantastic way of. Retaining people in the sport and actually making sure that we make the best out of the talent that we've got available, available within the country. um So yeah, so I, I think that, that that that's really good. And like I've highlighted already with with somebody of, of the girl I mentioned earlier, like we just don't know. There's good indicators. Don't get me wrong. There's indicators around whether people or 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 perform at a certain type of level. However let's not close the door to everybody else. Let's make sure that actually we, we have some good opportunities for those people that are, that are still swimming. And uh, maybe their super talent might be stickability. Yeah. So they might be able to stick it out just longer than everybody else and get themselves sort of to a point where they're the best that we've got. And actually the best that we've got right now, that, that might be good enough to operate on the world stage, you know? So I'd like, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in it. And, what we what we try and do in in Nottingham is obviously the the um they've obviously got their undergrad degree, but yeah. we might because like a couple of the girls that I've coached they've they've done a they've finished undergrad and then done a part time master's so they're then they're extending their swimming journey maybe by a couple of years, you know, and we have a really good setup with our universities where we would get their training fees paid for and stuff like that, so it keeps them in the sport, it keeps them going and actually it keeps them um, keeps keeps within the sport.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that's really important because I know master swimming is great for participation bits of that, but there's a point where master swimming and performance swimming yeah. doesn't quite line up. Yeah. yeah, and you've got to be really lucky to be able to be in a Masters programme that can support performance swimming. Yeah, yeah. There's only a couple of them in this country. Yeah. is that kind of bit there, but then once you've finished sort of that age group development and you've maybe come back from university you can't there's a lot of the time you go back to an age group program well that's the end at that point it doesn't work it's that i think i think the other
1: thing as well and this is this is obviously the right so like uh, when i think about this this uh, so if you think we would like i don't want to say we're spoiled because we're not we have a very we have an excellent system in place in britain where we have the lottery funding and we, we have funded athletes and all that kind of business. If you think back 30 years ago, we didn't have that. People had to work and still perform on a world stage. And we probably weren't as good as we are now. Yeah. yeah. However, I think we do. Oh, well, it's not possible because I'm not on funding. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Well, if you look at it, there's been quite a, in recent years. People have come off funding and actually swam better, yeah, yeah. you know, without that support, you know. So I think that, yes, the support and making teams and all that stuff is important, but I think if you've got the right character and you've got the right attitude, actually, if you want to do it, you can do it.
0: Yeah. yeah it, might, do it might not
1: be easy, but you can do it.
0: No, I think that's a real key point as well, yeah. Just that that ability to get up and go and not see the, yeah. Uh, the yeah. problems, yeah. I, I think
2: that's
0: really key. Yeah. Right, I, I'll ask you one last question because I do know we're, uh, we're probably running a bit further than you anticipated. Oh, no worries. Um, but this is the last kind of question of more um, general because I did contact you first to talk about the British Swim Coaches Association. And I think it's quite interesting. You are the chairman of the British Swim Coaches Association. And, yeah. um,
2: acting. 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 <laughs> oh, acting. right, we've got to add that
0: acting bit in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, um I, I think it's really important because I know recently as well coaching i think coaching needs to become more professional in a body because it is very obvious to see in swimming especially that is it is amateur swimming if you know what I mean and then yeah. amateur coaching and bits of that and it's it would be great to have it as you as we talked about swimming to become a more professional sport anyway but to become a professional sport you need to have professional um okay patient's careers if you know what I mean and yeah. I feel like you guys are helping progress in that sense
1: yeah I think yeah I think it's really important I think I think the first thing to say I've, I've been a member of the BSCA um uh since around about probably 2003 maybe 2002 so mm. probably 20 years you know um and I and I think lot I've been really really fortunate to be at conferences, uh, see some unbelievable coaches that have been members of BSC. I remember sitting there when I was a younger swimmer and thinking, "My God!" Like I'm sat in a room with Dave Haller and Bill Furness and Dave Pelea and uh, like unbelievable coach Chris Nesbit, like Dave McNulty, like un- like unbelievable coaches like that, that have gone on to be legends in 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 our country, not just our country in the world. Being there. With, Bill Sweeney and John Hackett, like, unbelievable. So I think that from my point of view, having been a member for so long, I think it's really important that we have a uh, an independent coaches organisation. And yeah. that, for me, is the, the, the biggest thing, that is independent from the governing body and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that the, actually, you've got independent representation for, for all manner of things around, it might be coach selection, it might be, um, a complaint against you, like all manner of stuff that that goes on, you know. And I think to have that independent body and independent legal representation available to you, uh, for me personally, is invaluable. And uh, you know, and I'm I'm obviously the acting chair, um but I still pay my 18 pound a month because I think to have that peace of mind that actually you've got that available to you is un- unprecedented. But I, but I do um, I do ag- agree around. The professionalisation of the sport, and I do think that hopefully over the coming years that we can we can see that the the model of what clubs look like is actually we've got more um, professional um, people or professional organisations rather than being being run by or being managed by volunteers. Because I think that's where a lot of um, problems maybe arise in in club type situations. And I, and I think I, I i couldn't think of a another profession where you would have a professional person um being managed by somebody that's doing it as a hobby
0: yeah I can see you. yeah i agree
1: yeah um, like like there might be nine to five there might be a mechanic but then they finish that and then their hobby might be'm i the club chairman or i'd like I, and don't get me wrong look the 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 lifeblood of the sport is all those people. We wouldn't be able to operate without all those people. However, I do think we need to, as as we move forward, is there a different way? Are we able to? And I know somewhere like Guildford, for instance, Richard Garfield, he's American, and and the model that he runs down there is more of a business, you know. And yeah. if you look at it, the swimming programs are a, a small business. The amount it costs to employ coaches, to hire pool hire. Like fees, like all that stuff, like it, that goes on behind the scenes that people just don't see. I was talking about this last night with somebody that, that that's involved with our administration, and it's a massive amount of work, you know. um And I, so I do think over over the next 30 years that we can start to drive the, the sport to be more professional, you know. And I think that'd be a really really big step without losing. The, the all the volunteers and the fantastic support that we have up and down the country because without all those officials and volunteers like the, the the sport would be well it just wouldn't be here, you know? So it's um so yeah, that's it's not diminishing their role in any way. They're they're fantastic. We but I do think that if we can professionalise coaching more and more, I think that'd be a big step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you there. I, I'm also a big advocate of um which is maybe a controversial kind of thing, but actually turning swimming clubs, as you said, into businesses. Yeah. So getting rid of this, um, I don't know, community standpoint, community is important. Community is important, massively important. But I think having the ability to say the swimming clubs make their own profits, which then they can reinvest back into the club. Yeah, And it's run as a, almost like your local bookshop, if you know what I mean, but not, yeah. not a bookshop. And yeah. in that sense there, you've created an organisation that, is product is performance and you're selling, you sell performance. And the best way to sell performance is create performance. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and that kind of way of make the way the money's made is through the athletes themselves and this, but then that means then the coaches can be paid properly. And then if the profits are good enough, you can then start looking at considering like in tennis, you can start paying the higher end of your athletes, which then can increase the longevity of athlete in, into the pods and stuff like that. And it all just comes together, all simply by thinking of the restructuring of swimming clubs themselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I know that could be quite a controversial, I know some people have been like, oh, that's a bit. but Yeah. Uh, yeah like,
1: I, I'm all for, uh, we've obviously just been through a pandemic and there's a lot of people and organisations struggling through that. So I'm all for um, having having some fun set aside for a rainy day because that's very useful. However, as as we've seen through the pandemic, However, like I'm absolutely that mindset trying to make sure as much of what we generate, if we generate anything at all, because a lot of swim programs won't be doing mm. is reinvested into the athletes. Cause yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Cause we are trying to give them the, in my mind, I, I coach to try and give those guys the best opportunity they can have. Yeah. yeah that, that's it. Like if you like, getting on teams and all that kind of business yeah that's that's all good and all that kind of business but day to day why do i coach i coach to help people and just provide an opportunity for them to and that's what it is it's their opportunity to do the best that they can do in their swimming and why anything else you would do anything else other than that i haven't got a clue
0: no exactly no i I think that's a really good point and maybe that that in some ways is something that i always think that It needs to progress in that way. I know in America, there's quite a few swimming clubs that progress in that way, and that's how it works. I mean, there is... uh, If I'm right in saying, sandpipers themselves are able to sponsor performance athletes to swim under sandpipers themselves, which may... In this club, it may seem a bit... Country may seem a bit odd, but I think it's a great method of... I don't know how to describe it. Promoting your swimming club through swimming. Yeah, yeah. Whilst also keeping... The industry creating a financial industry within swimming itself,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely so they so they like having been there and obviously spent a couple of weeks with ron their their program's about four hundred and fifty people, and they have they have a a, a kind of system I've got a, a kind of graphic with the structure on, but they have a like whether you want to call it a pro group or a, or a higher level group um but yeah like they have a they have a funding model in place that that supports them to be able to do that, you know um So yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Like you know, I absolutely agree with that. It's like you, you've obviously got that that pinnacle of it, and why wouldn't you want those guys at the top there? You know, representing the program and 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 because look, it's about in my mind, look, it's it's about aspiration. Mm. It's about actually right, like making people think. Well, actually, that could be me. I could do that. Yeah, and the, the more people I can do that. Surely, the, the, the that hopefully that'll take us from being a eight-medal nation at the, at the Olympics to actually, can we get to 15? Yeah, how many more people can we have in the system that actually think, actually, I'll, I want to get to the Olympic Games and not just get to the Olympic Games, I want to win a medal?
0: Yeah, no, I agree.
1: Right? because we're capable of doing that 100%. We can do that in this country,
0: yes, definitely. So I just to get
1: more people thinking like
2: that,
0: yeah, and no, I think what's really um. Maybe key to that is, um, okay, so we've got two main centres in this, in the UK. You've got Bath and Loughborough. And that's where you basically see about 90% of the British team is there. Whereas if you look in America, which yet again, you've got to remember that the perform- the talent, the volume of talent is higher and it's far spread further. Yeah. But you can turn up to US nationals, if you put it that way. And yes, okay, you've got all these Olympians and stuff, but they're all training under their own like home teams, club teams, whatever. Yes, okay, yeah. some of them are training at university and then wearing, I don't know, sandpipes and Nevada swimming hats on and stuff yeah. like that. But the fact of the links with that to the clubs and stuff like that, as you said, it helps create that kind of motivation to yeah. push forward.
1: Yeah, like, like my mind is, we've obviously got the centres and the centres have been great for swimming in this country. However, what I do think is, is that the centres are fantastic and they'll, they'll, like we've already touched on during this podcast, they'll be right for some people, but not right for everybody. It's yeah. unrealistic that that, that those centres can be everything to everybody. They're just not going to be it. So I don't know why we think that they would be.
2: Yeah.
1: So in my mind, we need as many swim programmes in the country operating at the highest possible level that we can.
2: Yeah. But
1: on the understanding that, look, if you get to the point where the swimmer might not be progressing, actually, is it better for them to go to a centre? That's okay. Like That's fine. Or if you've got 12 hours pool time a week you probably can't take them to the next level so we need to send them somewhere that's got 20 hours plus gym and all that kind of business you know what we need as many swim programs that have got 20 plus hours pool time a week and and gym facilities and s and c as we as we can to make sure that look we, we we have as many international athletes as possible yeah you know that are vying for those spaces the better strength and depth we have the
0: better will be. Yeah. And I think yeah. bringing that back, that all comes back down to finance and the clubs being run more as a business organisation to yeah. be able to put more money into the programmes. Yeah. Um, because as much as people talk about this bit, about the performance bit, that bit doesn't happen without the structure of the organisation yeah. it's in.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, there's not really much more to say. We both seem to yeah. be quite on the same <laughs> line here. <laughs> yeah no perfect well thank you so much for coming on it's been really great having you on um remember yeah. to the listeners out there if you want to listen to the podcast and this i remember you can listen to it on spotify and most other podcast platforms um if you want to continue more in the conversations besides you can join the love swimming facebook group as well where we every day we're posting something about that to talk about other swimming learn to swim it's like that so we can always continue those conversations so once again thanks so much for coming on um yeah it's great
1: No problem at all. Anytime, Clive.